0: Oh, there we are. Good morning. This is Granny D, Dorka Smith out of Plymouth, Michigan. Glad to be with you again for the Body Burn TR90 weight management call, which we do five days a week. Thank you for getting on and listening. We're glad that you're here. The Body Burn 30 weight management, or TR90 Weight weight management program is amazing. There's five of us that Talk to you on different topics. And I am currently talking about the brain with Brain Rules and John Medina. And I am focusing this week on sleep, which is really interesting because each time I'm I, on Monday, when I was getting ready to talk about sleep, I had a horrible sleep night. And of course what happened last night I had another horrible sleep night. So it's interesting how your thoughts and anxieties can keep you from getting yourself rested. And the thing to remember is that when you are in when you are sleeping your brain is going full tilt. There is a fight between two armies. And this fight is sometimes referred to as the opponent process model. Dement, Dement, D-E-M-E-N-T, the scientist who studied the teenager who stayed awake for 11 days, began to define these two opposing drives. As he did so, he noticed that some strange things about the war that they were ragi- waging. First, these forces are not engaged... During the night, while we sleep, are not only, sorry, let's get back, to, get back to this again. First, these forces are not engaged just during the night while we sleep, but also during the day while we are awake. Second, they are doomed to a combat schedule in which each army subsequently wins one battle, battle and then promptly loses the next battle then quickly wins the next, and so on, cycling through this win-loss column every day and every night. The third strange, strange thing is that no one army ever claims final victory in this war. This incessant engagement results in the cyclical waking and sleeping experiences all humans encounter every day and night of our lives. DeMent was not working in isolation. His mentor... A gifted researcher named Nathaniel Kleitman gave gave him many of his initial insights. If Dement can be considered the father of sleep research, Kleitman certainly can be qualified as its grandfather, an intense Russian man with bushy eyebrows. Nathaniel Kleitman may may be best noted for his willingness to experiment not only on himself, but also on his children, when it appeared... That a colleague of his had discovered rapid eye movement REM sleep REM. Kleitman promptly volunteered his daughter for experimentation, and she just as promptly confirmed the finding that REM sleep occurs. But one of the most interesting experiments of Kleitman's long career occurred in 1938, when he persuaded a colleague of him his to join him 150 feet underground in Mammoth Cave in Kentucky, for an entire month. Now guess what happened? Really interesting. We have circadian rhythms. Free of sunlight and daily schedules, Kleitman could ask whether the routines of wakefulness and sleep cycled themselves automatically through the human body. His observations were mixed, but the experiment provided the first real hint that such an automatic device did exist in our bodies. Indeed, we now know that the body processes a series of internal clocks, all controlled by discrete regions of the brain, providing a regular rhythmic schedule to our waking and sleeping experiences. This is surprisingly similar to the buzzing of a wristwatch's internal quartz crystal, an area of the brain called the suprachasmatic nucleus, part of that hypothalamus we discussed earlier. Remember that hypothalamus, that's where the learning begins, and then when you're remembering, that's where the remembering begins. Of course, we have not been characterizing these pulsing rhythms as a benign witch wristwatch. We have been characterizing them as a violent war, One of Kleitman's and DeMent's greatest contributions was to show that this nearly automatic rhythm occurs as a result of a continuous conflict between two opposing forces. With the idea that such forces are under initial internal control, we can explore them in greater detail, beginning with the description of their names. One army is composed of neurons hormones, and various other chemicals that do everything in their power to keep you awake. This army is called the circadian arousal system, often referred to as the process C. If this army had its way, it would would make you stay up all the time. Fortunately, it is opposed by an equally powerful army, also made up of brain cells, hormones, and various chemicals. These these combatants do everything in their power to put you to sleep. They are termed the homeostatic sleep drive, process S. If this army had its way, you would go to sleep and never wake up. It is a strange, even paradoxical war. The longer one army controls the field, for example, the more likely it is to lose the battle. It's almost as if the army becomes exhausted from having its way and, and eventually waves a temporary white flag. Indeed, the longer you are awake, the victorious sea process, doing victory laps around your head, the greater probability becomes that the circadian arousal system will eventually cede the field to its opponent and then you go to sleep. For most people, this act of capitulation comes after about 16 hours of active consciousness and this will occur even if you are living in a cave, conversely, the longer you are asleep, the triumphant process S now doing the he- is now doing the heady victory lapse. The greater the probability comes that the homeostatic sleep drive will similarly cede the field to its opponent, which is of course the drive to keep you awake. The result is the surrender and that you wake up. For most people, the length of time prior to capitulation is about half of its opponent. For most people, the length of the time prior to capitulation is about half of its opponent's. About eight hours of blissful sleep. And this also will occur even if you are living in a cave, except for the unfortunate members of 20 or so families worldwide. Worldwide, Kleitman, Drent, and a host of other so- researchers were able to show that such dynamic tension is normal and even critical, a critical part of our daily lives. In fact, the circadian arousal system and the homeostatic fleet drive are locked in a daily warfare of victory and surrender so predictable you can actually graph it. Stated formally, process S maintains the duration and intensity of sleep, while process C determines the tendency and timing of the need to go to sleep. Now, this war between the two armies does not go unsupervised. Internal and external forces help regulate the conflict, defining for us both the amount of sleep we need and the amount of sleep we get. We will focus on these we will focus on two of these internal forces, chronotype and the nap zone. Let me say that again. Two internal forces, chronotype and the nap zone. To understand how they work, we have to learn, we have to leave the intricacies of battle for a moment and explore instead the life of a newspaper, of newspaper cartoonists and advice columnists. Oh, we will... He's also going to talk about birds, lark, or owl. The late advice columnist, Ann Landers, would vehemently declare, no one is to call me until I am ready, and then take her phone off the hook between 1 and 10 a.m. Why? This was the time she normally went to sleep. The cartoonist, Scott Adams, The creator of the comic strip, Dilbert, never would think of starting his day at 10 a.m. I am quite tuned into my rhythms, he has said. I never try to do any creating past noon. I do the strip from 7 to 8 a.m. So here we have two creative and well-accomplished professionals one who starts work just as the other one's finishing his work day. About one in ten of us is like Gilbert Adams. The scientific literature calls such people larks, more palatable than the proper term early chronotype. In general, larks report being most alert around noon and feel most productive at work a few hours before they eat lunch. They don't need an alarm clock because they invariably get up before the alarm rings, often before 6 a.m. Larks cheerfully report their favorite mealtime as breakfast and generally consume much much less coffee than non-larks. Getting increasingly drowsy in the early evening, most larks go to bed or want to go to bed about 9 p.m. Larks are the mortal enemy of the 2 in 10 humans who are the other extreme in the sleep spectrum, the late chronotypes, or owls. In general, owls report being most alert around 6 p.m., experiencing their most productive work times in the late evening. They rarely want to go to bed before 3 a.m. Owls invariably need an alarm clock to get them up in the morning with extreme owls requiring multiple alarms to ensure arousal. Indeed, if owls had their druthers, most would not make wake up before 10 a.m. Not surprisingly, late chronotypes report their favorite mealtime is dinner, and they would like, drink a gallon of coffee all day to prop themselves up at work if given the opportunity. If it sounds like you as though okay if it sounds to you as though owls do not sleep as well as larks in our society you are right on the money indeed late chronotypes usually accumulate a massive sleep deficit as they go through life the behaviors of larks and owls are very specific researchers think these patterns are determined in early childhood and burned into the gen- genetic complexities of the brain that govern our sleep-wake cycle. At least one study shows that if mom or dad is a lark, half of their kids will be so too. Larks and owls cover only about 30% of the population. The rest of us are called hummingbirds. True to the idea of, the con- of a continuum, some hummingbirds are more owlish, and some are more larkish. And then there are some in between. To my knowledge, no British moniker has ever been applied to those people who seem to need only four or five hours of sleep. They instead are referred to as suffering from healthy insomnia. So how much sleep does a person need? Given all of our recent understanding about how and when we sleep, you might expect that scientists would come up with the answer fairly quickly. Indeed, they have. The answer is, we don't know. (laughs) You did not read that wrong, or you did not hear that wrong. They don't know. After all these centuries of experience with sleep, we still don't know how much of the stuff people actually need. Generalizations don't work. When you dig into the data on humans, what you find is not remarkable uniformity, but remarkable individuality. To make matters work, sleep schedules are unbelievably dynamic. They change with age. They change with gender. They change depending on whether or not you're pregnant and whether or not you're going through puberty and there are so many variables one must take into account that it almost feels as though as if you've asked the wrong question. So let's invert the query. The query: How much sleep don't you get? In other words, what are the numbers that disrupt, disrupt normal function? That turns out to be an important question because it is possible to become dysfunctional with too much sleep or not enough. Whatever amount of sleep is right for you, when robbed of that amount in either direction, bad things tend to happen with your brain. And I'm going to stop right there, and next time I'll start explaining what can happen when you don't get your specific amount of sleep. Just the same as no two people look really alike unless you're an identical twin. We all have all these different rhythms in our bodies. All right, let me stop right there. Oh, well, it didn't work. I pressed the wrong thing. It doesn't work when you hit one seven. You have to hit one one little star. <laughs> Yeah, getting there you go. on right is a good thing. <laughs> Absolutely. I agree. So there very you are. Go ahead. I'm just saying, very interesting. As I came back from my three-mile walk, I guess I'm a lark. <laughs> uh-huh. I think I'm a hummingbird with owlish tendencies. <laughs> oh i think maybe i'm maybe i'm more like that (laughs) i like to go to bed late (laughs) yes yes i i actually have a rule that i must i have to turn the light out by midnight that is my requirement but just think if i was living in california that would be 10 p.m it really is all relative as to where you where you are but what I do try to do is keep the same schedule every night, and that seems to help. Very important to have a nap schedule. Oh, yes, and then I love to have, now that I'm retired, I love my daily nap. Oh, my gosh. Yes, it's wonderful. And I'm much more productive afterwards. It doesn't have to be a long nap. It just, I just need to take that break. It can be anywhere from 20 minutes to 45 minutes. Then you go to sleep, sleep, sleep? In the afternoon, if I can get a nap in, I go, I yes, I have a magnificent little nap. And then I'm ready to go again when I get up and I'm way more productive. Hmm. However, however, when there are busy days, it doesn't happen. It just, you know, it's only when I get to, ha- I consider it my luxury. Like today I'm going full tilt. There won't be a nap today. <laughs> do, you, do you sleep better? Do you sleep better at night when you don't have your nap? There
1: um,
0: no, I don't notice a difference. I don't think. I don't know. I'll have to look. I'll have to think about that. I haven't thought about it. Let me think. I'll get back to you. So well, you can check your you, you can check your sleep records with your Fitbit. Oh. Exactly, that's what I'm going to do and I have a news. I have a new piece on I have a new um what, section on my Fitbit so it'll be interesting to see. It does tell me when I'm not sleeping as well. Now yesterday I did have a nap and I did not sleep as well last night. But I slept really well until five o'clock this morning, and then my brain would turn off. And if I wake up and I start thinking, that's it; it doesn't go to sleep again very well. Well, you said you went full. You're going to go full tilt today, so maybe that's why you didn't sleep well. Your planning Exactly, day. exactly. That was the other part. I knew that there was a lot going on today, so it's interesting. It's, 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 sleep does get impacted by different things it sure does anyway have a great day tomorrow I believe is Frank's day and Susan is on Friday I thank everybody hey. for being there enjoy your day have a good one and we'll hear you again tomorrow God bless okay take care take care bye bye let